just like the interaction between the lawyer and the client sometimes is so strange. It's just so strange. Welcome to The Defense Never Rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Defense Never Rests. Uh, this week, I have on one of my network uh, co-authors, Winter Wheeler, um, and she's just so much fun to talk to, um, and it just she cracks me up, and um, I'm having her to come on to do this 10-question format with her, so I have lots of questions to ask her about her mediation practice, as well as some personal ones. So with that said, let me bring her in. Hey, Winter, thanks so much for coming on to this episode of The Defense Never Rests. Um, you know, I, I told you earlier, I'm playing with a little new format, a 10 question format. Although I'm gonna be honest, sometimes there's 11 questions, sometimes there's 12. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll, we'll <laughs> but you have no idea what I'm gonna ask ask you. I, I've just made you a promise that it's not, it's not gonna be terrible. Okay, you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so, before we get into like the meat of it, I can't I can't start this off without I just realized before we got on that you also went to Georgetown as did I. I did. Um, yeah. We I think we overlap, but I, we didn't know each other. I, I don't believe. I think you graduated a year or two after me. I graduated but, in oh uh, three. Yeah, I was oh one. Okay. So yeah, we probably didn't hang out, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I have to know, I mean, I have my, my favorite spots, but like, you know, during your, your time there, like, what was your, your favorite spot? Oh, I'm talking God. about bars. <laughs> I really, I, I, I got that part. Yeah, I don't care about it was, anything else. Lounger. <laughs> I love to study. <laughs> I really did love, I think it was the second floor of the library where you could talk. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> I did actually spend a lot of time there. Um, I went to the tombs a lot like everybody else did. And I went to, oh my God, what was the name of that club? It was like an Arab club. And I don't know. <laughs> sounds fun. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of my friends were Arab back then. So we would go to this club. I can't, I cannot remember the name of it to save my life. But it was so much fun. And they had these like. Was it the hookah place? No, it, there oh. weren't. They didn't have hookahs in there, but oh. it was. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll come to me as we're talking. But they okay. had these like weird, like metal cage things, and there were cage dancers and stuff, like go-go dancers in there. It uh -oh. was crazy, and there it was like two stories high. I don't know. Um, I, I, I didn't. I don't think I went there. I don't know. Babylon. <laughs> Oh, Club Babylon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is it. Spent a lot of time there. <laughs> well, did um, did you do the ninety nine days club at the tombs? I did not. Uh, back then, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a pretty decent drinker now. I was not <laughs> back then. <laughs> so no, I didn't. I didn't do that. Um, I did go a lot toward the very end of the 99 days um, just to see what was going on. And I mean, it was what was going on is exactly what I thought was going on. So that's why I wasn't going. Yeah. Well, I did I went it. To, oh, you did it? <laughs> did it? Of course you did. <laughs> well, I lived um, like a stone's throw away. 
So it was super easy. And I was on like, whatever, I don't know what the, like whatever committee it was that you, you managed the list. So like you would volunteer to manage the list on certain days and you could drink for free. So we did that. Smart. Yeah. I lived on N street for a while. Was it N street? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And it was still student housing technically. Yeah. The endowment houses, right? Yes. Well, I've forgotten a lot apparently. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good and so I lived in an endowment house on prospect for like the last two years and it was so so close so it was just oh okay I mean that's why it was just too easy went to YZ's a lot yes yeah those chicken fingers were like <laughs> amazing and now Wait. now I'm hungry yeah <laughs> yeah I took my I went last summer we took was it last summer or two summers ago we took the we took our kids to DC and we did like the Georgetown tour and all the other the other stuff. So we had nice. lunch at the tombs. I remember tombs being much better, like food wise <laughs> than it actually is. I mean, it was fine, but I was like, I thought this was tastier like, then. Like my, my memories, um, they've betrayed me. <laughs> yes. I should have just kept it then. Like the, it was the best food ever. I, I have not been back with my kids. I haven't been there since since graduation i don't think oh really you should go yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) or don't whatever or not (laughs) there's museums and stuff there's other stuff to do (laughs) i mean i would would drag my my four crazy children to some museums would be a nightmare i mean i can't get them like to stop tantruming here like (laughs) i'm not paying to get them all the way up there and So they can cry in a different location. Yeah. When it's crowded too. Amongst other right. kids crying. Right. Yeah. All right. And it's probably hot and humid too. So scratch that. Scratch that trip. Go someplace uh, else. Yeah, we'll we'll wait on that. <laughs> so um so today you you run your own mediation practice, which I I is awesome. Like I kudos to you. I think that's thank you. But you weren't always a mediator. So you were like a litigator. Mm-hmm. For, so, for 14 years. <laughs> wait, how, so how did you come to decide like, all right, like I, I'm, I'm done with private practice and I'm going, I'm going to start my own thing and I'm, I'm going to be, you know, start my own mediation co- like business. Yeah. I, I honestly, I started to hate litigating, <laughs> started to hate it. <laughs> I really did. Um, and it wasn't my cases, it wasn't my clients, it wasn't anything like that. It was just the atmosphere, the nonstop work, you know, making sure hours are billed. And it was just a grind that I was no longer interested in. And I had always wanted to be a mediator anyway. And so I was like, I've been doing this long enough, I think, um, to go ahead and, and give something else a shot. And I, you know, came across an, an old friend that I'd know, I don't know, and this was pre like pandemic, but we'd never actually met in person. I knew of her. She had worked um, at a firm that I worked at uh, before I was there. And I ended up calling her a couple of times to ask her questions about her cases or whatever. Um, And so we would talk very, very infrequently. And um, she was uh, running for office. And I was like, oh, I'm happy to donate to your campaign. Let's meet over here and have a drink and I'll, I'll bring you a check. Mm-hmm. And so um, she was a mediator at the time as well. 
And um, we kind of got onto that topic. And next thing you know, I'm interviewing and I'm a mediator. Um, and so the way that it works is, you know, you join a panel, not sure how familiar you are with these things, but you join a panel of mediators. Um, and I was able to join like the top panel in our region in the southeast so that was a huge huge thing for me yeah um and i had always wanted to be there anyway right that was the place i wanted to be sure so i was like oh my god i can't believe this is actually happening right now um and so i was going to mediate and litigate at the same time and I was already like as a litigator. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you haven't noticed this about me, but I'm a little bit of a busybody. <laughs> I have a hard time sitting still. So I was already like running around like a lunatic. So to add something else to it really wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense. And um, but I did. I thought that I could I could at least try it for a little while. Um, and that did not <laughs> that did not happen. Um, and I ended up leaving the law firm. Um, for reasons that are discussed in our book, in Networked. Um, so plug, if you haven't read that yet, please yes. do. Where is it? It's right yeah. there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and so then the next thing you know, I am um, an independent mediator affiliated with this one particular firm and trying to <laughs> trying to get clients and suddenly realizing this is this is a lot harder than i thought it would be <laughs> really i mean i can imagine so if you're new to the that area you know like when you think about it you remember this from your days in litigation like you send out an email like who's you know what are your experience with these three mediators and mm -hmm. you know it's hard when you don't if you're not on that list and people have any experience with you people might just pass you over you it, it, and it's right hard or not even right not even realize that you're there yeah so you know i was a little bit uniquely um uh situated in that i was very well known around town um but of course i was known as a defense attorney right um and, a, and a, not not always a super nice one, nice one either. So there were some plaintiffs lawyers who were who were a little skeptical about me, um, but everything worked out. Everything worked out. But it did. It took a, it took a lot of work, and I'm glad that I had at least a few months before we went on lockdown so that I could like be out and about and be right. a little friendlier. Yeah, and that it must have been scary too because you're just you know, getting your, your feet really wet. And now, now you have to kind of pivot again and adjust to this new model that probably wasn't yeah. what you were just learning really. No, <laughs> no, not at all. You know, cause I, I started, um, as a mediator in November of 2019. So I was just starting to get work and trying to, um, meet clients and taking people out and all, all of that stuff. Um, and that was the only the only model that I knew. And um, then, of course, we got stuck at home mm -hmm. <laughs> and that went out the window. Um, and then it turned into a giant campaign to get people to want to use virtual mediation since um, I, I we still wanted to be working. Um, and that turned into me doing a lot of webinars, a lot of teaching, a lot of one on one 
um tutorials with lawyers about you know this is how zoom works you know mm -hmm. very very early on obviously yes. before everybody knew how to use it um but it, it it was great it worked out really well i met a lot of people that way and um gained uh, a lot of trust in a different you know a, a, in a different area i guess yeah. um so instead of just being or just, just, <laughs> I, I was, you know, instead of being that, that defense attorney who was tough, but that you could trust, I was also very helpful <laughs> yeah. and, and now also a mediator. So, um, I just, you know, I had to get my face out there a lot. I was started posting a lot on LinkedIn and, uh, thankfully everything worked out. Now, did you find it difficult to make that transition over to like, you know, going from the, the full on defense attorney, you know? on the defense now you, you you have to look at things in the middle um mm -hmm. and i can imagine that was a difficult transition to kind of try to you know change your mindset a little bit it was it was but um it wasn't as difficult as you would imagine because when you're when you're in the room with the other side like you get it like you get where they're coming from you understand what what's going on with them and what they need, why they're there, um, and I I, <laughs> I can honestly say that I have not met anyone who I I think is just like full of it. Like when I when I was a defense lawyer, I thought everybody was full of it. I'm like, there's no way there's anything wrong with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but it, it's been refreshing that I haven't found any of that. Um, so it's been, it's not been as hard as I thought uh, the transition would be, thankfully. Um, and I think I've also just uh, evolved a bit as a person um, in this time period, knowing that I need to be neutral and um, focusing on how I do that, right? How do I actually stay neutral? and appreciate what everyone um, has to say and bring to the table. Um, and then it pretty quickly became second nature. Yeah. So there's the question, like, how do you stay neutral? I mean, how, how did you, how were you able to get there? Cause I mean, I know I always have to, you know, take, take a step back and you probably recall this too. You have to be like, okay, what are they thinking? What, what arguments are they going to make? But it's more of like, what arguments are they going to make? How am I going to respond or how am I going mm -hmm. to get up ahead of that? So, but being neutral and looking at it is slightly different. So, you know, how, how did you train your mind to kind of shift that way? Well, I've, I've always been an empathetic person, right? So I, I've always been in a situation where I was trying to understand how somebody might feel. Um, which is of course more difficult when you're on the defense and you're not talking to <laughs> you're not right. talking to the plaintiff like that um but when you're when you're in the room with them it's just it, it is completely different um at least for me i don't know about anyone else but um i can just it's easier to see both sides and it's yeah. easier to see holes in one side and holes in the other side and see if I can like, well, you know, you're not right about that part. Cause <laughs> it's like, well, I think they have a point over here about this too. So, um, maybe you're both wrong. <laughs> um, but it is, it's, it's a matter of doing exactly what you were talking about, you know, like building, 
you know, building your thoughts on one side and then building your thoughts uh, on, on the other and seeing where there, where there is um, agreement, of course, we always want to start with the, what do they agree on? Um, but wherever there is a gap, if I can help them figure out whether or not the gap or the distinction makes any sense whatsoever, um, if it's likely not going to make um, any difference to a jury, we start talking about those things. Um, and that's how, you know, you're, my, my goal is to help them come to a resolution or um, what, whatever their goal is for the day. Sometimes it's just to do a whole lot of informal discovery, um, but just trying to make sure they get what they need. And because I hear both sides of the argument, it's easier to know what they need. Yeah, it's easier to know what information they are both missing <laughs> to help them get to the middle. And I can help make suggestions about that. And, um, you know, it's very, very cool because as that like third party, not that I'm not that I take the place of the jury, right? Because um, sure. I'm, I'm impartial, I'm neutral. But I'm still a person who has instincts about what I'm hearing. Sure. So if if you say something, and the first thing I think is, what? <laughs> and I will say, I might say to you, I'm not so sure about that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that convinced. Um, tell me more about that. Yeah. It's like, and it's always very interesting. It's like if if I, as someone who's been a, who who's been a litigator for as long as I have, if I'm not following you and your argument anywhere at all, we might we really need to talk through it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> When, when you, I think I'm a question four, by the way. Uh, I have no idea. Don't worry. I'm sort of keeping track. I don't care. It's this is, just this is not a science like it, or, or an art. It's just something in between. Lawyers uh, don't count. <laughs> but when you're preparing for, for a mediation, like bef before you have your parties come in, whether in person or virtually, whatever it may be, how do you prepare? Like what, what is your process? It depends on how much information they're willing to give in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I prefer, um, and I, I always reach out right away and I ask for um, position statements, mediation reports, police reports, expert right. reports, pleadings, anything, anything, anything <laughs> at all. The like, name give, of the case. Get, like, please <laughs> listen, I typically don't know the full <laughs> style of the case. It'll be like last name and last name. And then people will show up into the zoom room. And I'm like, are you Jones? <laughs> Which is kind of funny, because you know, like people will pop in with like, um, it'll just be numbers. And I'm like, well, I can't associate yeah. your phone number with who you are oh, on this yeah. sheet of paper um but anyway yes please tell me their names um <laughs> and no and no one ever tells me their their claims rep's name ever oh really that's so yes please well, i guess in share the, that information <laughs> um but i guess in the world of zoom you don't really think about that because in you know before it would be, you would come together and right. you'd be like you know John Smith. Oh yeah. He, he's my, my adjuster. Uh, and they'd be different, but now you're all coming in from different places. Um, and, and so, at different times and I'm just looking at the waiting room, like this name is not on my list. <laughs> right. And then you want to be careful. You don't want to bring the wrong person in and yeah, I, it's a whole other dynamic. Yeah. Now, like I know, um, like whenever I go to mediation, you know, I, I usually do a statement and you know, I always appreciate it. Like when you do the statement, you come in and you know, that 
the mediators like actually has an idea of what's going on. Um, So I can't imagine coming in blind for you. Like, and then you kind of have to weed through the whole process, like on your time. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, (laughs) it happens all the time. I'm, I'm almost like speechless because, well, not really, because there are some attorneys I can think out there that like they walk into certain proceedings and they have, they're like, oh, here's my arbitration memo when the arbs starting in like two minutes or something. But, (laughs) but I mean, it does speed the process up a little bit. If everyone knows what's going on, at least each side's version and what the medicals may be or not be and what the, you know, injury is (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. that's a good starting Mm -hmm. point. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, we go through a lot of this. Even when I have all of that in advance, we still will go through a lot of it um, uh, in the beginning. But it's definitely more cursory and not like a 30 minute, (laughs) 30 minute interaction at the beginning of the day. Um, So, yes, it is helpful to provide a lot of information. I read all of it. um, Take notes. Keep it handy with me here on my well, right now my desk is messy. <laughs> That's okay. We can't see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I would have all of that stuff here with me and I would have it labeled like who gave me what, who said I could disclose what. It's all like color coded. Um, but it is, it's very helpful to have some idea um, of what I'm going to be coming into and more so than the facts, typically. Like what's the relationship between the people? Like, mm-hmm. do you, do you hate the other attorney? Like, have you <laughs> never been able to speak to them? Cause that would be nice to know. Yeah. Do you hate your own client? Mm-hmm. That's also very nice to know. You would be shocked by how often that happens. Wow. Oh my God. Can I, <laughs> can I shadow you for a day? Like, can I just <laughs> like, just sit in and one of these, be, get permission from the other parties and be like, I just, I have someone who just wants to I have to find you a fly a on the wall. <laughs> I just really, I really want to, I, I'm, cause I'm always very curious too. obviously when I'm in a mediation, what the discussion is in the other room with the other party. And I, I, I just, if I'm ever able to, I want to be a fly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see if we can work something out. Cause I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's, um, I'm going to say that it's amusing, but it's definitely not what I thought was happening in that room when okay. I was in the defense room. Never. (laughs) Like what? Very different. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm talking like about um, just like the interaction between the lawyer and the client sometimes is so strange. It's just so strange. Really? Um, I'll I'll see. Yeah, I'll see lawyers get visibly frustrated with their clients. And I'm like, do you like need a minute? (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't help. Like, how? You having a tantrum is not going to help your client get this case resolved. Like, um, you're supposed to be in control here. Like, yeah, get it together. <laughs> or at least turn your camera off so they can't see you for a minute. Um, yeah. But yeah, the pe- people have like, like <laughs> physical reactions sometimes to the things that their clients are saying. And it's very bizarre because. I was not anticipating any of that. And I don't know if it's, um, I mean, you know, when I was dealing with like claims reps and adjusters, we would always have like a friendly kind of fun relationship. We'd chit chat on the phone about these files. And then so when we were in mediation, it was just like a continuation. Sure. Um, but you know, it, relationships can be very different um, between like a plaintiff and their counsel for various reasons. 
Um, and then I, I never, I don't think I ever had like an antagonistic relationship with um, an insured, but I mean, I wouldn't put it past me. <laughs> um, and it's funny you bring that up. So when you sitting as the mediator, do you, how much impact do you think it has when you have your insured also come to the mediation? Because certainly they're, they're not needed to be there if they're not holding, you know, the purse strings. But I sometimes think it ha- has an impact on the other side for them to be there and show that they, they care about the process um, and they're invested in it. But from your, your point of view, what do you, what sort of impact do you think it has? It depends on the type of case. Yeah. So if it's like a, a small car accident um, without any allegations of somebody berating the other or doing anything crazy immediately after the fact, um, it's not really necessary. They don't really need to be there. I think by the time we get to mediation and that kind of a thing, the the plaintiff is very well aware that the the actual defendant has nothing to do with it, really. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, every once in a while you might hear, oh, but they're, you know, the defendant is not a nice person or I found out this about the defendant. Well, the defendant being there doesn't help that. Right. Um, so in in that instance, I don't think it's helpful. Sure. Um, it's it's not helpful or harmful, really, frankly. Um, in cases where um, the allegations are much more serious, like for example, like medical malpractice, mm-hmm. um, it is. I, I I I would want to have the doctors there. Sure. Um, as long, but you, of course, you have to know your doctor. Like if your doctor's well, a hothead, yeah. <laughs> If there's any chance he's going to start, you know, derailing the process, leave him at home. Mm -hmm. But if you have, if you have someone that you can train to, you know, block out everything they hear and just say, um, I'm very sorry about what happened, but I'm not liable, blah, 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 or, but otherwise, you know, don't bring them or don't have them say anything. Yeah. Sometimes their presence is helpful if it's a, if it is a death case, um, mm-hmm. or you know um, somebody's been maimed or you right. know, catastrophically injured. But having them speak is not not necessarily helpful at all. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I I've had a lot of cases that it's been like a a, a terrible injury, and sometimes I do want my client there for that same reason to say I, I'm very sorry this has happened to you, but just because you're sorry it happened doesn't mean you're right. the, you're at fault. So right. uh, it's a fine line, but I think sometimes it does. Like sometimes I feel like the other party they just want someone to acknowledge that they're yeah. hurting and absolutely, and that might help move the process along. Yeah, it definitely does. Sometimes people really just want an apology, and yeah. um, you know, often people don't want to give apologies, Mm-mm. or the attorney doesn't want the client to give an apology. Um, and there's that, you know, competing, competing interests sometimes, um, unfortunately, with the attorney, the claims rep, the defendant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially when you have a, a less sophisticated defendant, mm-hmm. right? Sure. They, don't, they don't understand the law. They don't understand why they not, can't necessarily just say, I'm sorry. Um, and so it can be complicated. So, I mean, in my yeah. roundabout lawyer way, I guess I'm saying it depends. <laughs> That's always the answer, isn't it? <laughs> right. 
I mean, I, I had a client ask me a question the other day. I'm like, I'm going to give you the most lawyerly response. It depends. It depends. <laughs> so <laughs> what, or can you think of any a crazy or a very unusual scenario that you've had happen in a case that really like stands out to you that you're like, I, I, I can't believe this is happening right now <laughs> in my life? <laughs> yes. Are you, are you able to talk about it? <laughs> Um, yes, generally. Um, <laughs> so I, ha I have a, a reputation for being able to handle very strong personalities, right? Very angry plaintiffs, um, very contrary defendants, things like that. Um, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that gets taken a little too far. Um, and there are some people who are just not, not ready for the process, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, there was one particular woman and she, she, she had a pretty small case, right? Generally speaking, she, she was fully recovered. So I'm not, I'm not like talking about somebody who was really, really yeah. injured. Okay. She was fine. She'd had treatment for a couple of months and then was like completely back to normal. But, um, for whatever reason, she was furious with her attorney furious with him and so my relationship with her started off fine because you know i'm not the i'm not that guy yeah and then i i dared say i agreed with something that that he said no, and no. all hell broke loose <laughs> she i mean she was like well you don't know what you're talking about and you're a b and you're a oh, this God. and you're a that and you must be in cahoots with my lawyer and i'm like oh I was like, not everybody is lying to you. Like, maybe you just don't understand. And then she was like, well, my my cousin's a lawyer. And then, of course, I'm thinking to myself, if your cousin's you a lawyer. Why didn't you hire him? He, he didn't take her on, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> he knew how she was. But it, it was it was crazy. She must have gotten up and stormed out and come back in like four times. <laughs> and was this in, like when you're actually in person? We were not in person. Oh, so she, she like left the room and then. <laughs> yes, it was so, so strange. And then I'm looking at, you know, the participant count. I'm like, she's still here. <laughs> she just virtually walked out. I'll show you. I'm going to leave the meeting. <laughs> right. I don't know if it was that she thought maybe her attorney and I were going to start talking about her behind her back. But I mean, that's not something that happens. <laughs> um. And not only is it not something that ever happens, I knew she was still in the room. <laughs> right. like I, I can see. I know what's happening here. Um, so, I mean, that was that was really, really strange. And then we got to the end of that one and there was a settlement that was <laughs> uh, it was really it was really good for what <laughs> what the yeah. case was probably worth. And um she thought she deserved like four times that oh. and and this is of course after she already said she'd take it yeah begrudgingly <laughs> like oh okay, begrudgingly <laughs> and then um and then that and then that went right to hell mm. um and she's like you know what you're all against me just go ahead and sign it i'll take it and then she got up and she left again but this time she actually literally left <laughs> and i was like what <laughs> So that was um, a strange, a strange situation for me. Yeah. The, I couldn't believe I spent hours doing that. Very bizarre. 
Um, well, you, and after that, I mean, you must, and this kind of goes to, a little bit to my next question, but like, after you have like an experience like that, I mean, I'm sure like, do you bring it home and talk, like joke about it at home, like at the dinner table, or is it just like, I am that I'm done. Like my work day is over. And now I need to switch over to, to mom of four kids. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> it's a little bit different now you know since i'm i'm usually doing this from home mm -hmm. and so it's like i might get up during uh, you know between a caucus or whatever just to take a lap around the house like oh my god i can't believe this is happening um and i'll just be like i can't talk i can't talk i, I can't talk um and, and so you know they, they first of all my kids don't care right they're not interested in what's going on and my husband i'm not sure how interested he is either but um <laughs> He knows better than to ask, so I don't. I don't really tell them much. I just kind of say, "Oh, it was. It was good. It was bad. We settled. It was an impasse." You know, kind of just generally. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, "Can you like bring me some food?" <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, you do. You, you have four kids under. I think really young, right? My oldest is nine. Okay, young. I mean, my oldest yeah, is yeah. eight, and I have two. So you know, four kids under nine. I mean, I'm sure everyone has to use all, all the time, but like that is a lot on is. on your plate. <laughs> like, it is. How do you um, make that that car move? Like, how does that, how does it go? <laughs> um, it's, it's slowly. <laughs> um, you, know, you lose husband, a wheel here and there, like uh, yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, where'd the baby go? Where's the baby? Like, and, and then, of course, I'm the only one interested in finding out where the baby actually is. The other kids don't care. Um, you know, my husband's here um, a lot. He hasn't been working much during the pandemic, unfortunately, because um, he's a, a gigging musician. Um, is he uh, not here right now? Of course not. He's working right now. Um, the one day. The, the one day I need him on a random Saturday afternoon, right? Um, <laughs> uh, so um, they watch a lot of TV. Well, you know. we, have, we have a lot of toys, <laughs> lots of movies, um, all streaming services. Um, it's... <laughs> Uh, I'm a very, very indulgent mother, like, like ridiculously so. And the kids wanted a bounce house. Mm -hmm. So I bought a bounce house. Yeah. And they wanted it, they wanted to put it in the backyard. And then, of course, I start, defense attorney, I start Googling, like, the safety of these things and how they, like, fly away sometimes. <laughs> I, I had that so, case one time. Did you? Yeah. Oh God. Okay, we gotta talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll sidetrack to that after. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, we're not doing that. So I just like put, I cleared out um like the piano and the sofa. And <laughs> I put the bounce house in the living room. You live in the fun house. <laughs> I mean, you know, I do things like that, um, and that keeps them. That'll distract them for a couple of days for the most part, like yeah. having the big bounce house out there. Um, and then sometimes we'll put, um, <laughs> we have an eight person tent. So <laughs> erect in the house. Yes, we put it up in the house and they like set up camp in there. They like really think they're doing something, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? I will say we, we have the bounce house and we, we do put it outside and I have like, has to be a three day sun like three days in a row sunny day rule because putting it up is no problem but taking that stupid thing down and it says it mm -hmm. can go back in this nice little package and it never fits. it doesn't 
it's the worst and then like there's always pollen on it and if it gets wet it's gross like inside is much better it's just Mm -hmm. it's the way to go just keep it on all the time (laughs) we also have this like like oversized slip and slide thing Mm. um that is uh that keeps them entertained but it has to be you know a, a relatively sunny day decent weather and that's been hard to come by here in atlanta but i know that stupid thing's coming back yeah out it's soon, coming so. it's coming soon it's coming <laughs> to get you and well and they must like kind of entertain each other so because oh, they do yeah because you, you have a nine-year-old and what are the other ages they're three four seven and nine so they they can definitely yeah. entertain themselves but that's not always a good thing <laughs> right. so for example yesterday i was what was i doing yesterday was i mediating yesterday i I can't even remember i was busy in here on camera right and i got up during a break to like grab something to eat like run to the refrigerator well i go in there and the seven and the nine-year-old are peeling potatoes because they're about to make french fries (laughs) and so (laughs) i'm like what and, oh, and the tea kettle was on. Oh, good. Oh, right? Good. So, They're going to boil those potatoes? <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what's happening here. What's with the tea, the, the tea kettle? <laughs> and so immediately I'm like, why, I, why in God's name would my husband say this is okay? So I'm like, where is your father? Um, and they they were like, well, daddy said it was okay. Daddy said we could do this. We're going to make potato. We're going to make uh, French fries. <laughs> And, Why did Dad um, tell you you could do that? <laughs> right. So then I start I start screaming for my husband who's like down in the basement, and um, he comes up and he's like, "I didn't tell them they could do that. I said they had to wait." I'm like, "Well, here we are. <laughs> Why'd you go down to the basement?" So no, entertaining themselves is not always a good thing, and um, oh. they love using the air fryer. I mean, it's just. Why do they think they can cook? I'm not sure. Well, you know what? There's worse things. You know, if they can use that air fryer. But are there? Are there? I don't know that they do know how to use the air fryer. It's just worked out so far. So, like, now, (laughs) now, whenever, like, I'm alone in the house, like, today, I made them, like, a big old plate of um, mozzarella cheese sticks. Mm -hmm. So that should keep them away from the air fryer. Until their sticks get cold, they want to reheat them up in the air fryer. <laughs> then you're they're, have... really, they're really greedy, so <laughs> that probably won't happen. But they'll be full until I'm done. So, well, I <laughs> hopefully I for some I don't know why my my older daughter who's eight loves to use the hot glue gun because I mean who wouldn't want to use a hot glue gun? And I don't know why I let her do it, but she she now has free reign over this hot glue gun. You let her do that. <laughs> what is she gluing well everything i mean anything that can be glued she's like wants to glue it together the hot glue gun and then she found out that if you get a piece of wax paper and then you can make hot glue designs on the wax paper and then when it dries it peels off the wax paper and you can make all sorts of treasures so she does that (laughs) but i thankfully she's pretty responsible but i do have to remind her that you need to unplug the hot glue gun Otherwise, you're going to burn the house down. And when I said oh, that, so now she does remember because she doesn't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way I'm teaching my kids about the hot glue gun. They don't. It's in the garage. They don't. They don't know that. 
Thankfully. Uh, yeah, maybe keep it away. <laughs> I don't know how it started. We probably were making like a Halloween costume and then they, you know, realized how easy it was to use. It's Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, heaven forbid, I throw out any of these solidified glue treasures. She's like, no, that's, you know, my decoration for something. I don't know. It's clutter. Oh, yeah. It's trash, really. It's, it's not tra- even clutter. It's trash. <laughs> this is garbage. <laughs> This is garbage. <laughs> my daughter, my daughter does that. Like she does weird stuff like that too, though. But no, but worse, but worse. Okay, so she's four, <laughs> and like um, she does not have access to the hot glue gun, but she does have like Elmer's. So sometimes, yeah. also dangerous. <laughs> yes. So one time she like wrote her name in marker um on a paper towel of all things, and she glued these like leftover rhinestones from a school project. Oh. And it was kind of cute. It was kind of cute. But then she like, she tried to make it into an envelope (laughs) by using Elmer's glue. And then she put it into another envelope and closed that with Elmer's glue. And she was like, I love you, mommy. (laughs) And I was like, oh, oh, it's like dripping. I'm like, I love this so much, sweetie. Let's just put it over here so it can so it can dry. And then it <laughs> sticks to the counter and it's just... I'm like, yep, something else for me to clean up later. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and, but you have to keep it for like a little bit of a time until then they forget you have it and then it makes right. its way to the trash. But like you can't you can't dispose of it immediately. They have to kind of like Move they on. have to forget about it. So, so exactly like what I do was I, I'll leave it out for a while and I'll fawn over it for a few days <laughs> and then I'll put it like on a high shelf. And yes. if they don't ask for it, it can go in the trash. <laughs> it goes above the fridge. Anything annoying goes above the fridge until they like all slime goes above the fridge until it's forgotten. And then it goes away. Oh my away. God, I hate slime. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. It it's is the worst. And it, they always get the farting slime too. So it, not only is it gross, it's annoying because it makes noises. <laughs> we have not had farting slime, and I hope my kids don't know that it exists. They're gonna find it. They're gonna find it. Okay, so I digress. I, I think I have quite. I have digressed quite a bit. Um, let's see. Yes, we'll, we'll just skip ahead here. Um, so during your your career, or it, even it could be in life, but can, can you? P- recall or pick out a a really good piece of advice that you still carry with you today oh gosh um don't let anybody tell you what you can and cannot do yeah that's a good one yeah who told you that do you remember probably my mom (laughs) while she was telling me what i could you could could not do do. (laughs) (laughs) don't everyone let till you can't do this but do not do that. <laughs> right. It was, it, she, she was very much, um, do what I say, but <laughs> don't necessarily listen to anyone else. No, she, I mean, she, she taught me not to limit myself. Right. And, um, people have a bad habit of limiting other people based on their own fear and their own sense of limitation. Um, and, and she told me never to buy into that. No one can tell you what, uh, what you're capable of. That's, that's up to you to decide. So, yeah. um, I've had plenty of people tell me, you know, when I wanted to become a mediator, like, oh, well, you're crazy. You can't do that. Like, you're not, you're not old enough and you're not white enough and you're not male enough <laughs> and you're this and you're that. And I was like, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. I, yeah. I can do this. <laughs> um yeah and and screw them you know 
<laughs> Truly. <laughs> I mean, I have a list. Like, I have a list of names. Well, I, hope I have a list. That list yeah. um. <laughs> it's like, I have it right here in this drawer. And I pull it and open. keep it right here. <laughs> um. And you know, and you mentioned your mom, and it made me it made me think of this. So you you have four kids. Did you grow up mm-hmm. in a big family, or did you just? I'm want one a of big... three. Yeah, I'm one of big. three. Um, and I I liked having siblings, to a certain extent. I mean, they were they were significantly younger than I was. So um, my my brother is seven years younger than me, and my sister is ten years younger. Um, so our relationships were were very different. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't like roughhousing or anything like that. I was more like m- like mommy number two, um, <laughs> which I didn't always appreciate. Mm-hmm. But um, I liked having siblings, but I didn't like that we were an odd number. I always okay. felt like kind of ganged up upon <laughs> by the little kids. Oh <laughs> God, ones. yes, and. Um, and so they, you know, they knew I couldn't retaliate because I'm so much older and um, yeah. it was just a little frustrating, which is another reason that I had all of my children back to back to back to back. Um, yeah. And so, <laughs> so, do, so like, cause I have, I have a friend that has four kids, but she, she had two and then went for a third and had twins. So oh, wow. yeah, but they're, you know, great. But you went in think, feeling like you wanted to have four. I wanted to have four. Yeah. I wanted to have four. Um, definitely. <laughs> I wanted to have four. I had the first one. And I was like, dear sweet baby Jesus, if I make it through this labor, <laughs> I won't do this again. And of course, you forget about that. And yeah. then I had the second one. And I was like, ah. God. And it was another boy. So I had two boys and I was like, there's just, I, I need a, I, I need a little girl. I really want to try for a little girl. Um, and so we did, the third one was a girl and I was like, well, maybe we won't have another one. Maybe, maybe yeah. we just won't. And then surprise, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get that fourth baby anyway. So, um, um, my fourth little guy showed up as a, as a little present. <laughs> um and it was your husband from a big family or or no he's got well he's got a brother and a half sister um his half sister is significantly older than he is so um i would say no (laughs) it's just him and his one brother really (laughs) um okay so now we're getting to more i think the offbeat questions um oh okay yeah this this is easy easy peasy stuff I um, thought you said sleazy. I was like, wait a minute. I thought we started there with the with the cage, the cages and the bars and the <laughs> So, and I, I know there's there's probably two answers to this question, but there's probably what movie can you watch over and over? And I know there's probably movies you have to watch over and over. But if you had your choice of a movie um, that you would watch, regardless of you know where you are, what you're doing, you're like. Oh yeah, I'll sit and watch this one again. Clueless. Oh, that's a good one. I love that movie. Um, I think I know it by heart. Um, <laughs> another one that I <laughs> that I have seen a million times can always watch is Drive Me Crazy. And most people have never even seen it. I've never even heard but of it's, it. Um, it's got um, Melissa Joan Hart and mm-hmm. Adrian Grenier before oh, he love, was famous. I love him. He's, he's like adorable. one of he's like one of the ones on my celebrity list. Oh, the whole <laughs> pass list. <laughs> I 
I don't have an official list, but Jason Momoa is like on it. Yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not written down anywhere. It's it's right here. <laughs> oh, we aren't supposed to write them down. <laughs> you can. What you do is what you do. You have real. You have your list of people. <laughs> you have one list of people. My Why list. Not? My blood list. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I think that the mo- the movie I and I've said this before the one I watch over and over is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Anytime it's on, I have never seen it. Oh, come on. You, it's a great no. one. You got to watch it like tonight. It's probably on Is it on like like Amazon or Netflix or something? It's probably on like TNT. Like it's it's always Oh, on. it's, it's <laughs> that it's prolific. Always. And yep. I've completely missed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll check it out. Um so what is one thing that you like to do that other people might might think is weird or think say is weird or you might think people might think is weird? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm so cool. I'm so, <laughs> so normal. Um, one thing I like to do, I work out a lot. Good. A lot, a lot. Like oh, a weird, weird. like. Is define it a lot. Weird? Define a lot. Like I work out a lot too, but maybe I'm not working out enough. <laughs> like a, like a couple hours a day at least. What are you doing? What are you doing for a couple hours a day? I I'll do, I'll I'm I'm a complete lunatic. I'll do like I'll do an upper body, lower body, and full body and core and like all in one day. And do you like, have like so one exciting. kid on your back and like one like poking <laughs> at your belly or something like that? <laughs> I mean, sometimes they do climb on me when I'm doing like planks or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> um, and then you know sometimes I'll just be on the treadmill or I don't know. It just um, it clears my head. It's a more recent thing for me, really. I've always been like a treadmill kind of person. I was all I was never into like weights. I'm suddenly into weights, but it's like. I need to do it for like a couple of hours. And um, I mean, I will like miss sleep in order to do it. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I can't I can't even explain it myself. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I think it's great, though, to help like clear your head. And, you know, it, and like it helps you like focus. Um, for sure. I hope that. Yeah, I mean, that's totally what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> when I'm doing it right. <laughs> I just lost my focus because I, my kid's friend just rang the doorbell, so I had to message someone to go let her in. Sorry, oh. <laughs> I didn't hear the doorbell. Um, I hear that. <laughs> there's like I don't know how many there. <laughs> there's like seven of them here now, but that's like nothing. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. Okay. Anyway, back to it. <laughs> <laughs> forgot totally forgot what i was talking about i was like uh, texting my husband being like someone's coming to the door can you open the door they're gonna ring the doorbell um okay well i feel like my last question is gonna kind of go with the exercise question but i was gonna ask you what your guilty pleasure is and i feel like maybe your guilty pleasure is exercising but that's not oh, should be no, guilty at all okay no um okay. champagne oh yeah that's a good one <laughs> 
Champagne is my thing. I am always looking for a reason to open a bottle of uh, of champagne. Um, and it it could be it could be cheap champagne. It could be fancy champagne. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I'll be like, I had a really great mediation today. Champagne time. <laughs> I have no problem with that. But sometimes, but sometimes my husband is like, I'm not sure that that's this particular thing is something to celebrate. But and I'm like, you know what? I feel like it. Well, you it only does, live once, right? You don't have to drink it to celebrate. Sometimes you could have had a really shitty mediation and be like, I need some champagne to make, well, make uh, the well, bubbles you know, make uh, me feel better. On shitty days, I just drink wine. Like, like <laughs> well, and the, the thing that's great about champagne is like you can't save it for the next day exactly you're like it just it doesn't hold it, you have to drink it <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's it's a rule mm-hmm. it's not it's not you overindulging it's it's just the rule yeah like you don't want the like flat champagne the next day that has like a bubble <laughs> you're like what can i do with this nothing oh and you know what and now i'm thinking about another club i used to go to a lot <laughs> was it 12 12 21 it was like mm. Now that's gonna come to me too, but it was also, um, it's not, it doesn't exist anymore. It's something else, um, but it was huge. And it had in the, it had two stories and the second floor was, was VIP and it was insane. And we used to go there, (laughs) we used to go there before we were 21. Um, So we had to sneak in the back. And um, so our, our friends who would actually have tables up there, they would get them to open the back. And so we would have to literally go down through the alley sometimes and climb the, the fire escape. And no that's way. How we did it. I cannot believe we did that. And you were probably yeah. wearing short skirts or those black pants that everyone wore then. <laughs> the going out black pants. Listen, listen. I loved those pants. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> And at the time, they didn't have pockets, so you'd have to take your your ID, your fake ID, and you'd wrap your money around it and stick it down the front of your pants. Because <laughs> I didn't bring a purse. I, I was always putting stuff in my bra. <laughs> oh, that was probably smart. I would just stick it down the front of my pants. I face. mean, I think I think both were 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 gross. <laughs> but that's what we were doing. Oh my god. Well, and also I remember going out with just a $20 bill. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get pretty drunk tonight off that $20 bill. And that's all you needed. You could go out, get home. No problem. 20 bucks. Yep. Everything was fine. Yeah. And now it's like $40 just to get the Uber into town for right. me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, see, you gotta, you gotta bring your kids back. See, I don't even think those clubs are open though. They don't need to see that. <laughs> it's like, you know, they don't need to know what mommy was doing. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. No. <laughs> well, Winter, thank you so much for, for coming on. And I, I I love I could probably talk to you for another hour, but we'd probably just be swapping stories about college. And I don't know. <laughs> and and, and our children trouble. growing yeah. increasingly aggravated in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like we have very limited time frames before shit hits the fan. And I think the, it's, it's getting shit We're getting to there. <laughs> But thank you so much uh, for taking time, you know, out of, out of your Saturday, nonetheless, both of us on Saturday. This is crazy, oh, yeah. but we're hardcore. We are. That's, we're hardcore. We're dedicated. Um, but <laughs> yeah, for, for our 
you know, our listeners out there, Winter was also one of the co-authors of Network, which she, she discussed before, but why don't you tell everyone where they can find you if they, you know, need a mediator and, um, you know, do, are you just the Atlanta region or do you, do you go outside of that? No, I'm available nationally um, and uh, I'm licensed as an attorney in Georgia, Florida, and New York. So those are my three uh, main states, but um, I am available absolutely everywhere. You can find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably the easiest place to find me. Um, and you can find me at winterwheeler.com or you can listen to my podcast, which you can find basically anywhere. Um, or, <laughs> I mean, I worked pretty hard on getting it in like 50 different, <laughs> 50 different places. Um, but it's called the mediate now. Um, and so you can go to the mediate now.com. Awesome. Well, everyone should, should check you out and tune into your podcast as well. Thank you so much for yeah. inviting me today. Thanks so much for coming on. 